Welcome to Rethinking Leadership, where we're serving fresh ideas over coffee, because nothing happens before coffee. I'm Jackie Lesser. And I'm Dee Yarrison. Grab your favorite mug and let us fill you up. Hi, we're back again. Yes. Part at, two. At the Enterprise Center. Yes. In Philadelphia. Lovely Having to be here. coffee and conversation. Love it. Yeah. And we are going to continue the conversation around navigating change more gracefully. And in our last episode, we talked about sort of the science behind change, what's happening in our bodies and brains. And while that is super important to know for awareness, um, now we want to talk about, okay, great, I understand that. Now what do I do? Um, And so we're going to talk about three Bs, how we be, because really the answer to what do I do? Mm-hmm. The answer is really, how do I be? Yeah. You know, actually, it's not even who, the right question. What do, do I, I do? Right. Yeah. Who am I being yeah. while I'm doing? Yes. That really is um, the heart, I think, of navigating gracefully through change is really just like forget the doing for a moment and really focus on who I'm being. Um, because I think we can both think of many examples of times when I or a client of mine may have had the best doing. The strategy was so flawless, and but the but a being, you know, an an imperfect or a not it's not the right word a you know unintentional way of being can undermine the best doing. So mm-hmm. meaning we talked in the last episode about how sometimes in times of change, we feel frustrated, we yeah. feel afraid of how is this going to impact me. Mm-hmm. And what I do every day. And so if I go in to, if I, you know, if I continue to stay in that space of feeling frustrated and afraid, that's my way of being. So when we talk about way of being, that's what we mean. Yeah. And when someone's communicating change, you know, if you have somebody that's telling you this is how things are going to get done from now on, or this is a new procedure or a new policy or, you know, new information, if they're if that person isn't coming with a genuine beingness, yeah, you know, an if they're affect, just, yeah. right, if they're mm-hmm. just trying to say, this is how it's done and forget the feeling of it, or if they're just um, almost pretending, you know, that it's going to be yeah, good. Trying to be too matter of fact right, about it, not, ra- right. you know, not rock the boat. Or, yeah. Yeah. Or, you know, make it sound better than yes. you could you know, grasp at oh, the moment. Oh boy, we, yeah, yeah, we so do that a lot, right? <laughs> yeah, so it's, I think it's yeah. really important on both mm-hmm. sides of change, if you're communicating the change or you're, you're the recipient of the change, um, you know, who are you being mm-hmm. while you're navigating through this new... Through this the doing, new, yeah, yeah. Through the doing, through this new way of doing. Yeah, and so the first B is to be the change that you want to see. So um, we we talked about, okay, you're, you've been presented with change or you are presenting change, and oftentimes that feels like threat, on whether, you know, low-intensity or high-intensity threat from a brain perspective, and some or all parties involved can go into fight-or-flight mode. So the first step in the being, how do I want to be, is to just bring breath to that, as we probably say in every single episode, when triggered, step one is to take a deep breath and breathe and allowing the nervous system to calm down. So I'm regulating. I'm regulating a dysregulated brain. 
And I need to do that for myself first, whoever I am in this situation. If I'm the one communicating the change or the one receiving the communication about change, the first and best step I can take is to um, keep myself in a, in a calm, regulated state mm-hmm. by taking breaths. Taking breaths, just feeling yourself sitting in the chair mm-hmm. or standing on the floor. Right. And really getting present. Not going somewhere in my brain, not right. going too far ahead. Exactly. Yeah. You have to be in the now, in the present, with your, you know, with your whole self available for listening. You know, not being hijacked. Yeah. And, you know, I think before we just to, to say also, you know, with regard to change and the being, who are you being with this change? Recognizing that the change is happening. It's always happening from now on, <laughs> right? I mean, change is, is, a, is the replacing the, the status quo. I think realizing that when change is happening, it's kind of like, popping that stone into the water. You know, there is a ripple effect mm-hmm. that's going to go out. So it's not just, you know, how I communicated in this conference room. It's what's going to be the ripple effect of, right. of this change when we step out of the conference room, when yeah. we try and implement this change. So that's why being is so And it essential. can direct, like that, me- I love that metaphor of the stone because it can direct, like the stone becomes the way I want to be. You know, whatever thro- stone I throw into the pond is going to ripple. So do I throw in the stone of, hey, guys, this is going to be great. It's such a positive thing for the company. And am I not maybe being very genuine or trying to, you know, convince people of something? That stone will have a ripple effect. And that ripple effect may be that people can sense I'm not being genuine and wonder, you know, maybe maybe wonder about how much they can trust me in right. this scenario or whatever it might be. Right. Um, and if I throw the stone of I'm going to go in and be calm and curious and stay present with them and recognize that this is going to be a little uncomfortable for all of us and make that okay. Mm-hmm. Um, and, not, you know, so not feeling like I have to convince anyone of anything, right. but just being willing to be with what is that stone's going to create a ripple as well. Mm -hmm. So after I've taken the step of breathing and keeping myself regulated, keeping my whole brain online, then the being, be the change says, I get to choose how I want to be. What's the, you know, so be the change, you know, that's an expression, uh, you know, quoting Gandhi, be the change you wish to see in the world. And I guess what we mean by that here in this context is, What's the climate I want to carry with me into this meeting today, into my workplace, into my team as we move through this change? So how I'm being creates a feeling for everyone around right. me, right? Yes. So that's so being the the way I want it to feel, you know, so do I want it to feel safe and collaborative? I have I to be, right. I, start I have by to being create that. the sacred space of safety. Yes. I also want receptivity so i have to feel be receptive right i have to be receptive i want people to be curious and not shut down i have to stay curious Mm. and open Mm -hmm. so everything that you're wanting from another you have to you know have within yourself yeah you know plant that seed in you first and, and cultivate that garden of receptivity and curiosity and, and all of those yes. things. 
that you're wanting someone else to be. Yeah. I've started saying a lot often, I find myself saying this to my clients, that, you know, the work of leadership happens when you're all by yourself. You know, the, the most of the work of leadership happens when you are alone, meaning reflecting, meaning getting clear with myself. How do I want to be when I show up tomorrow? What is the quality that I really want to see my team embrace? Flexibility, mm-hmm. curiosity, as you said. Yep. Then I need to be that. So what do I need to do in order to be more curious? What's the work I need to do in order to stay um, receptive and open. So that work is something that we're doing constantly as leaders, right? Um, so the work of leadership, the real work of leadership is happening within yes. all the time. Yep. It is that inward journey yes. for the external experience. Mm, love that. Um, and I also think just this, um, from our last episode, we talked about awareness. You know, this leader being the change that they want to see really has to have this level of awareness that um, that will prompt these qualities and characteristics, you know, to understand, oh, wait, I'm now feeling my status being threatened because yes. these guys aren't, you know, changing quickly enough. So just, mm. you know, regulating from right. that standpoint. And um, yeah, so it doesn't just happen once, exactly, that regulation. Exactly. It's an ongoing. You're, yeah, right. Yeah. And so, and it's a practice, I guess. Is, yeah. Is the... It's a practice of awareness, as you said, knowing what does it feel to be triggered? When do I feel that? Mm-hmm. Okay, yep, I can feel my chest is tightening. My, you know, I'm getting a little tense. I have to stop and right. breathe and bring, you know, bring myself, regulate myself. Right. Who yeah. am I being while yes. I'm communicating? Who yeah. am I being while I'm sitting with this person? Who am I being as I recognize my frustration? Can I have some compassion for the part of me that's feeling frustrated with a person who won't get on board? Oh, my. Yes. Which flows so beautifully into the second B, which is to be with people as people. Mm -hmm. So I love you said a couple things right there, Jackie, about how um, can I have, well, you said, can I have compassion for myself for that part of me that's feeling this resistance right now? Um, And I need to do that first so that way I can then be compassionate for this other person sitting in front of me who is also feeling resistant at the moment. But this idea of being with people as people is really about remembering I am sitting here with a group of human beings right now who are all having a very human experience experience to what is unfolding. And so the thing to do is really, you know, the way to be um, is to acknowledge that and to recognize, yeah, this you know, this can be, change can feel uncomfortable. Mm-hmm. You know, we don't want to give too much life. You, you want to name what is, you know, we don't want to give too much life to this is going to be so hard or whatever, but it's absolutely important to take a moment to acknowledge the human experience that we're all having. And I think too, that, that recognizing that all voices in the system must be heard, yeah. even the voices of dissent, because if they're not said out loud, they're there. Yeah, they're yeah. there and they're going to ripple out That's otherwise. Right. I, you know, I, I do reflect back on leadership and self-deception by the Arbinger Group, and I think about, um, you know, when we're with people as people, there's a completely different experience than being with people as objects either in the way or as the way of me getting my stuff done. Yeah. Can we, like, just pause there and, and mm-hmm. pull that apart a little bit? Because that is huge. That concept um, comes from the work of Arbinger, which we'll link in the show notes. The, the concept is to just see people 
you know, and how often are we looking, I'm looking at a person and I'm not seeing a person, I'm seeing an obstacle. I just need them to accept this change and move on. Yeah, even right? a You're in the way. Even a parent, because, you know, just need you to get dressed. I just <laughs> need you to get out the door. I just need you to do yeah. your homework. Yeah, right. Or I'm seeing you as the way, you yes. know. So, again, that's another way of objectifying mm-hmm. people. And, you know, if I just get their, you know, if I get their buy into this, it's going to be easy or, right. you know, whatever it is. So we make people into obstacles or vehicles. You you are the way or you're in the way. And in both of those, you know, both of those ways of seeing people were not considering their full humanity and allowing for their full human experience. And I love the an- analogy of parenting. I think that's just a an easy one to go to. Um, you know, little kids, they're having a tantrum. They don't want to get dressed. And if I meet them in that tantrum and, but you have to get dressed because we're late and blah, like, they don't care, yeah. you know? And then I'm just, it's just a sense of force. And I, you know, take like my fists pushing up against each other, like, well, you just do this, but mm-hmm. I don't want to do that. And if we can open those fists to our fingers, like flowing together, a sense of flowing with, it just creates so much ease in the situation. So what do I, how do I create that? In that instance with the toddler, how do I see, or not even toddler, you know, any kid, how do I see that kid as a person in the moment? With feelings, with emotions, with desires, with wants and dreams and hopes and, you know, and and fears. (laughs) He wants to keep playing with his trucks. He doesn't want to get out the door. You know, right. We're talking about another person just in general. Yes. So, so remembering that when I be with someone else as a human being, I am creating that relationship where actually something can happen, something That's generative, right. something, right. you know, collaborative and co-creative. And, you know, back to what you were talking about in the last episode, when you are, you know, when, when people are told what to do, it's, it can be more difficult than if they are co-creating. Right. Because they, people tend to support what they create. Mm-hmm. So collaborating, co-creating, having conversation with with people as people. Um, and that might start with a willingness and the courage on our part to name what we're noticing. So if I'm noticing a child having a temper tantrum or I'm noticing an employee feel, you know, being resistant or feeling frustrated, I, I name that. This is hard. You don't, you know, you're not very happy about this right now. Or, I see or, that, the, yeah. Or, you know, not even naming that they're not happy. Like, what's going on for you right, right. now? Right. You know, well, how are yeah. you feeling, yeah. right? And it, I don't know if this is true, but it, it appears that yes. you're resisting this. And so I want to understand. Yeah. So I think part Yeah, of the, and I think the languaging is really important there. So I might say, you know, I'm I'm sensing some resistance. I I feel that too. What do you feel? So there so I think it is important that we kind of lead the way in that to articulate what is. Like it's make it safe to say this, you know, this might seem this doesn't seem great right now, you know? I I'm not loving this or whatever it is, but if we model like that safety to say the truth, and then, and then ask the question, you know, I notice some tension in the room right now. What are you noticing? It's a way of meeting them where they are, but then we're going to pull them forward from that place. And we talked about this earlier, you know, that it's not easy to emote. Mm-hmm. You know, if you're used to being, quote unquote, the boss or, you know, the supervisor and you're not used to sharing mm-hmm. feelings or having this level of conversation, I think that 
the best thing to do is use your genuine curiosity. What's mm. going on for you right yes. now? Yes. You know, it feels a little yeah. frustrating over here because I'm not getting any feedback from you. Yeah. You know, so I really want to hear what you have help to me say. Understand yeah. what what's going on? What what you're feeling? What you're what are you thinking? Mm-hmm. Right How now? is this for you? Yeah. So really being genuinely curious about their experience is important. So being with people as people is seeing what's seeing them, seeing you. I see you're frustrated. Tell me about that. I want to hear what's happening for you. Um, and I also think just coming back to the human experience, you don't even necessarily have to make anything different. You don't have to change right. it for them. You don't have to fix it for them. What you do have to do, though, is listen. Mm-hmm. And as they're talking, okay, so what I heard you say is that you're worried about you know, the, the efficiency of this change. You're worried about the effectiveness of the change. Okay, is there more? Let's what else? Yeah, what yeah. else are mm-hmm. you concerned about? You right. know, so this listening <laughs> yeah. and the querying right. and so that their concerns, their frustrations, their fears, their triggers, all those things can come to the surface yes. and be revealed and be, right. you know, be heard. And yeah. people want to be heard. Uh, they need to be. And I think it's important that we resist that urge to try to fix. Like if the first thing that you hear is, oh, so I hear that you're worried about the efficiency of the change. Well, let me tell you why this is going to be so efficient, right. blah, 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 right? That's not the time to reason with them. We're still in the relating, you know, we're seeing being with them as people. So we just want it all to come to the surface, as, Je- as you were saying. You know, just keep keep the query going and stay in our space of curiosity. Yeah. And, you know, and then the third B, it's really important that we be in action. You know, we ultimately, we need to be in action. Um, and so these steps before where we're meeting where one is, we're articulating what we're noticing and asking questions, being curious about them, um, you know, it will. It's a way to enable that action, but it's not. We're not doing it for that reason, right? We're um, we truly need to be with the person and meet them where they are. And then the natural sort of thing that tends to happen is, we're, you know, we're gonna move forward. We're all gonna move forward, and we want to do that in a way that feels aligned and together and related yeah and i also want to say that these three b's are not linear they're they're kind of like in an upward spiral Mm. you know as a leader i'm consistently working on who i'm being i'm always being with another person as a human being Mm -hmm. and i am being in action right and so the action is purposeful it is um it is uh gleaned or it's begun with the end in mind um, you know, this is in service, this change is in service of something bigger than, you know, any one of us. And so we have to take a stand for the change and at the same time um, navigate the nuances of how change happens. Right. You know, I love that way. I love that visual of the upward spiral because we are spiraling. We're going up the spiral through these three B's and then maybe we have to, you know, we have to constantly be moving through those, through the spiral up and down, up and down. Um, And I, and as, you know, as we do move forward and we begin to be in action around the new thing, whatever it might be, stuff's going to come up. You know, as I actually get my hands on it and now I'm working with this new person or my role has shifted over here, we, we still, we be, you know, as things come up, we be aware and we be with people as people. Because one of the things that I think is really important for us all to remember about change is, you know, we're, we might be excited about moving towards this new thing. 
this this new way of doing, you know, this beginning. But every beginning implies some kind of an ending. There's something that I'm no longer doing. There's someone that I may be working with in a different way, as you were talking about with that person who had full access to the CEO mm-hmm. and then wasn't sure how that relationship was going to shift in this new, um, you know, the new alignment. So there's always an ending of some sort. Um, and so that's part of the process is just honoring that, yeah, you know, that transition. as I take action, as I start something and every, you know, and, and I may take, that may continue for a long time, you know, as I, as the change unfolds and I really realize the depth of it or how, what's really different for me on a daily basis, I may become aware of other things that I'm no longer doing that I used to love, you know, like with my story about the youth group um, that was in the previous episode where the structure completely changed. And while, you know, as we moved into that change, it became aware of what other things were ending that, you know, so-and-so can't be here on this new night. So I don't get to see that person anymore. So I'm always, you know, I'm aware as we continue to move through the spiral, as we're in being in action, I may have to go back and be intentional about, okay, you know, how do I want to be again now? Right. Right. I also think it is important. I'm glad you brought up the, this transition because it really is important even in families, you know, when we used to always go, to grandma's house for Thanksgiving, right. and now we're not going there anymore. You know, we're excited about going to Aunt Jane's, but there was something really special about going to your grandmother's house. Yeah. So there's the ending and the the middle part where it's all new and then the beginnings, you know, yeah. the new beginnings. Yeah. And so I think it's really, it, it is essential to honor those endings. And as a leader, to hold the space you know, as a parent or as a friend, to hold the space for those endings, and then to um, you know welcome the new beginnings. Because also. holding that space for the endings is a way of being with people as people. Right. You know, something's different that you loved. Yeah. You know, I get that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And and it's okay to just stay with them there for a moment, and then always again thinking of pulling forward by asking a question. You know, so what what is new? You know, what about this new thing are you discovering is really using your talents? Blah blah blah. You know, whatever the question might be. But so you know, we're we're acknowledging that we're not we don't want to gloss over an emotion. Mm-hmm. It's so important that we get comfortable with just pausing and naming that for people. Yeah, and I think the, the important point also to make is that when we're talking about these change changes, obviously we're talking about it from a very holistic standpoint. You know, change happens at work, change happens at home, mm-hmm. change happens in the family, and, you know, it just all over, you know, in all relationships. And so learning how to navigate change in one place will absolutely positively yes. impact changing in other Most places. Most definitely. Too. Yeah, so I love this reminder of the three Bs. Thank you. Yeah, being the change, being with people as people, and being in action. I love it. Thank you. This is great to talk to you about all of this. Yeah, and I'd be really interested to hear from people who are listening in. You know, they can make comments about how they've implemented these ideas and um, what their experiences have been. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Well, we'll keep talking about change because change it's keeps here. happening. It's <laughs> here. It is upon us. Yeah. Okay, D. All right. I'll see you next time. See you next time. We're so glad that you were here with us today, listening to Rethinking Leadership, serving fresh ideas over coffee. You can connect with Jackie Lesser on JackieLesser.com. 
And you can connect with me, Dee Yarrison, at EssentialShiftNow.com. And we'll see you next time.